Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network is a Moonsault Media production and is intended for private use only. For more information, contact Retromania Podcast at gmail.com. Hey everybody, and welcome to Marking Out the Day's Extreme Watchalongs, presented to you by the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm one half of the hosting squad, Kobe Noida, and as always, I am joined here with the mayor of Kicking Out at Two, Dave Rosenbluth. I was trying to think of something catchy. Dave, the whole effing show, Rosenbluth. Interesting. I, I get behind that. Dave, the whole effing show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes, all indeed, right. sir. You are the well, whole... Well, I mean, I, I'm only... Uh, how about Dave's the, half the effing show? Because you're the other half. Sure, sure. Absolutely. I got um, to give you credit. <laughs> you're my tag team partner. Thank you. Uh, we are here, episode six of ECW Extreme Watchalongs, marking out the days. Uh, we are doing it here, February 4th, 1997. We like to queue up the Peacock and watch along and, uh, you know kind of banter about what's going on give you some side notes and reflect nostalgically uh over this program ecw which is uh celebrating its 30th year when it was started actually um in 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 19 or in 2022 actually you know uh it started in 1992 which is 30 years ago um, really it was 92 yeah well that's what a lot of people are establishing it as yeah. I thought it was 93, but go ahead. Yeah, I think February 92 um, is, All right. is what people are establishing. That Eastern is. Championship Wrestling, correct? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, so I, I, um, I, I think this, we've talked about it so much on the program, 1997 is a huge year for wrestling and an influential one, and especially ECW Hardcore TV. So... Watch along with us if you want to. We like to run it down. It's always fun. Evergreen content for your ear. Um, you know, just sit back, enjoy the ride. Um, and if you dig this podcast, you can like, rate, review, share, and subscribe it. You can find us on any podcasting platform by searching Retromania with the W. And always, you can write to us at retromaniagmail.com. Dave, kicking out at two we're still on the on the lamb right now uh as we speak if you know breaking the fourth wall yes we are still on the lamb uh hoping hoping by next month uh that you know i can get things up and running as we prepare for wrestlemania um if not at the at the latest i i don't want you know it's even pointless for me to give dates at this point because you know is I've, I've made promises that unfortunately I can't keep right now because of certain people that don't uh, do their fucking job um, but nonetheless, nonetheless you... Kicking Out will be back on the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network very soon definitely before the end of 2022 if not then there's a real problem right on Yes, thank you. I'm looking forward to it, and thank you all for listening so much. Um, so let's get this started in this episode. We like to get started so we can just, you know, di- dissect and divulge. Um, you're going to find it on the Peacock, Season 5, Episode 6. It's February 4th, 1997. We're going to start it with the audio, though. Uh, this is a little special one uh, from Paul Hayman. Uh We're going to count down from 5 and then when we say play, you hit play with us. Dave, you ready? All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Hit play.
right on. Uh, big big words there from Paul Heyman. Always always a master speaker. Uh, the David Koresh of professional wrestling, right there. As <laughs> as Bubba Ray Dudley has once said, he knows how to he knows how to get people going. He's one of the greatest talkers of all time, and you know when it, it would. It wouldn't be fitting if anybody else made that announcement other than him. Absolutely. So, uh, and he said that they were getting telegrams from the fans. Hmm. I, I mean, you know what? It's 97. I think those were still a thing back then, so it wouldn't surprise me. But then again, it's wrestling. They tend to overhype everything, you know. Uh, yeah. Sold out from the rafters, on top, turned them away at the door. I had the strap. I was on top, et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, So it wouldn't surprise me if... Uh, if if Paulie was just you know working everybody with the the, the telegram line, but we it got your surprise me if it was a real thing. We got your carrier pigeons too. <laughs> Let me tell you all something right now. There was a message in a bottle from a fan in Scranton, Pennsylvania. It came by sea, and it said, "Please give us an ECW pay per view called Barely Legal, April the thirteenth, nineteen ninety seven, on Request TV." Oh yeah, great stuff there. Uh, and we're just seeing a montage on ECW right now is uh, between uh, Taz and Sabu. I'm sorry, uh, both of these guys inflicting damage on their opponents throughout the last year as we build up for this ultimate main event that's going to be on their first pay per view, barely legal. Yeah, hyping, uh, it, hyping it already in January too. Well, you know, I mean, it, it reminds it reminds me of an old school build where there wasn't a pay per view every month, and they were, you know, they would announce things, um, you know, at least the top matches for pay per views, you know, months in advance. When when the WWF had four pay per views, the big four: Rumble, Mania, SummerSlam, and Survivor Series. Sometimes, you know, WrestleMania matches were made not long after the Rumble, and you had two to three months to to build those matches on yeah. television, at least the top matches. Now. A lot of times there would be, you know, other throwaway undercard matches that would be announced at the last minute with no build. And, you know, back then people would people wouldn't really give a shit. Nowadays, you throw a match on television or on pay-per-view with no build, you know, the the whole world's coming to an end. So, um, but this montage here with Taz and Sabu, I, I, I like it. I, I do remember 25 years ago when, when this, you know, not this particular show, but when I was exposed to ECW and the buildup towards that pay-per-view um, well, through like their, their appearances on Monday Night Raw, I remember feeling like, even though I know that wrestling is make-believe and it's you know predetermined and choreographed and all that other stuff, I had this feeling that there was some legitimate beef between Sabu and Taz. Yeah. And that permeated through the television screen. And even watching back some of this right now with the vignettes and 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 the build-up for it you could feel like there was some legitimate issues with with uh with them as we see what's this ricky morton yeah and holy cow as a heel in ecw with the the old stars and bars the confederate flag i don't know who that 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 that's that scumbag was with them in the in the leather uh, the leather chaps but um probably some floozy that um yeah, I don't know who that is. Do you know who that is? Uh, no, I am not sure. Um, yeah, have to look that one up. Let me let me see real quick. But Ricky Morton with that unacceptable ring attire for 2022. My goodness. Oh my God! Yeah, you know uh, that would not stand right now. They'd have to burn him. Uh, yeah, I mean, they wouldn't even make TV. Yeah, that that certainly would not make TV. I'll tell you that. And you spoke about Unless it before. GCW. Well, I, yeah, you spoke about it before. Uh, He's still going, and he made an appearance in GCW. Yep. Which uh, he was pummeled by Matt Cardona, who is almost yeah. who who's almost kind of in a way made a invasion angle. Uh, like yeah. he, he's the sports entertainment guy coming to this hardcore area. Uh, which, well, I think he's marketed himself tremendously. Yes. Tremendously. But that that made me thought think of a question. Um, essentially. You know how ECW is about to invade in our timeline. They're about to invade WWF on the twenty yep. the twenty fourth of uh, this month, February. Um, yes. So, what if 
WWF sent a sports entertainment guy over to ECW. Who would you have picked at this time in 1997 to be like the, the Matt Cardona or, you know, comparison? I like that. Um, As we see the Blue World Order probably, here. You know who I probably would have picked to kind of lead that charge? Um, you know, the Greenwich Blue Blood, Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Ooh. Ooh. Okay. What about you? Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Mm. I was thinking like one of the uh, the mainstays for, um, for WWF, and I, I almost wanted to say Bret Hart would be good. Uh, he could have he could have turned a, into a really good heel then, um, but uh, I almost wanted to say oh, Owen. I think Owen would have been a nice fit. He had that kind of WWF sports entertainment polished look to him. I think because Brett was such a great wrestler, especially during that time in '97, I think that would have backfired, and ECW audience would have taken a liking to him because he was such a technically skilled wrestler you know if you put him in there with the likes of fuck i don't know um who was in ecw at that time? I mean, van damme even oh yeah you know guys like that candido lance storm i mean you know people would have been clamoring to see at least the ecw audience would have been clamoring to see you know matches like that but you know hunter hearst townsley even maybe even you know this is where Rocky Maivia could have earned his, you know, his, oh, his chops as a heel. Good one, good one. You know, I like realizing that, that if the, if the company didn't realize that, you know, he was having issues getting over, you know, in general, sending him to ECW and and seeing how that audience would react to him and him kind of developing a heel persona there, man, he would have been he he would have been on fire out the gate for the remainder. He wouldn't have really he would have picked up a lot sooner than he did. I'll just say that. Yeah, yeah, that that would have been wild. I mean, what if, what if Kurt Angle was crazy enough to have gone with ECW? Yeah, that would have been interesting too because, you know, he's also one of those guys that, you know, his wrestling style is respected by that ECW audience despite the narrative of it being garbage wrestling. So, um... Well, because they I, always I a, intertwine some pure wrestling in there, some pure wrestlers yeah. like Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, and Chris Jericho, yep. and Eddie Guerrero. They, they cycled through there, but we don't have them at this period right now. Um, I mean, the the closest thing I think, like you said, was RVD and maybe you know Taz, and of course Sabu. But Sabu like botches a lot, so he's innovative, but is he really one of those technical guys? No. No, he's he, he's he's more of a. I would, I guess you could say like spot monkey. Yeah. <laughs> per se. Yeah. yeah. Um, and speaking of Matt Cardona with GCW, he was there over the weekend defending the title against uh, Joey Janela, and he came out to Sandman's music. Uh, well, the, the song um, Neverland or Enter Sandman from. Yeah, I think Metallica. it was a, um, I, th- I think it was a, a remix from uh, another band. I remember, I think I saw something where he, um, where he had uh, um, uh, thanked uh, a, a certain band for the entrance music. You know, it wasn't Metallica's version because no. you know th- those guys will those guys will sue you before the music gets done playing. No, it was <laughs> it was like an iteration of it, like almost like yeah. w- WWE does with the their their dubbing over. But uh, it, it was better. It was better. Um, yeah, he came he came out with uh, a flannel on, and on the back it said "Fuck Mick Foley." Yeah, I saw that. That was pretty cool. Thoughts on that? I mean, I think Cardona has been... He Honestly, in, in 2021 and, and coming into this year in 2022, so early on, he's been killing it. He's been really marketing himself very well in the independent scene, pretty much writing his own check anywhere he goes um, with this, you know, very anti-hardcore, um, you know, sport. He's, he's essentially, like representing the machine of WWE as a sports entertainer, you know, mm-hmm. embracing the, that, that aspect of his persona, um, even though he's not with WWE and embracing the, 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 the backlash that, that game changer wrestling audience has for him. I mean, he's done such a great job with it. Um, this is, it's one, he's, he's one of those few guys that who have been released from WWE 
who has gone out and, and reinvented himself. And I wouldn't be surprised within a couple of years if WWE came knocking on his door and said, we'd like to give you another shot in some form or fashion. Hmm. Uh, because he's really, he's really done a great job of, 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 like I said, marketing, reinventing himself, getting himself noticed between, you know, his action figure line, the podcast and the YouTube show he does. And now, you know, indie, you know, he's pretty much a mainstay in GCW. He's a throwback to what Mick Foley was in 95. In, I was in just going to say that. Yep. So, I mean, it's, he's done such a tremendous job. I mean, between the stuff with him and, and, um, and Nick Gage and, you know, now with Joey Janela, you mentioned Ricky Morton, who we're watching here on the screen. Um, the sky's the limit for him, I feel like. I really do. I mean, he's in Impact Wrestling right now. He had a brief little stint in AEW. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave him a call at one point. Uh, he's doing such a tremendous job. He's making himself more interesting now than he ever was in WWE. And yeah. I know people will criticize me for saying that because he was very popular um, in 2011 with that, you know, Z true Long Island story and, 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 you know, John Cena and CM Punk really pushed for him to get a spot on TV and he was on TV for a, a short period of time, but, um, he's really like, and you know what the thing is? He's a fan yeah. at the end of the day. He's a hardcore wrestling fan that loves wrestling. He's similar age as I am, maybe even a few years younger. And he's just, he loves the business so much. And you can, you can see that in, in, in everything he does in, you know, on social media, on television, what have you, and I, I think I think he's going to blow up even more than he already has in the last year. Absolutely, and Mick Foley made uh, mention of that. Uh, he, you know, he said uh, I would have done the same thing. He thinks that WWE had done him wrong. Uh, he reached for the brass ring, he grabbed it, and in return, uh, they they made everybody else a major player and not him. And he had to go independent. And it's he considers that the Drew McIntyre route. And what he says, he's completely reinvented himself like you said he's made him a, a self a valuable asset and uh you know uh, if if mick foley is part of that that makes him happy and in conclusion fuck matt cardona which was pretty cool um i, I like that that interaction between those two um and honestly yeah i've become a fan of matt cardona wasn't always the biggest fan but sometimes when these guys are isolated and they they come up with their own creative um uh, much a la ECW, um, you have the freedom to branch out more and become yourself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he didn't spend a whole lot of time on TV, but, you know, he's done a great job of making a life after WWE. Absolutely. And, wow. Nice super kick there. Yeah. And that was actually a pretty decent match. Um, as we were talking over, not going to call it shot for shot, or, I mean, you know, call for call, but... I will ask you to do me a favor once the uh, an upcoming match comes up. Um, we can kind of go back and forth. Any news? Oh yeah. Any news from you uh, on your end from the Wrestling Observer at this time in February? Let me take a look because I do have some notes. Um, as a matter of fact, I think I do. Yes, I do have some notes here. Um, Let me see. Let me take a look. Let me find a good story. Michinoku Pro Wrestlers Tajiri and Taka Michinoku are going to be wearing, working some shows for EMML, EMLL in Mexico. They are also, several of them are also booked on upcoming ECW shows. Right. Speaking of Mexico, the WWF is sending the fake Razor Ramon, fake Diesel, and Jake the Snake Roberts to work a AAA show in Mexico as part of the working agreement between the two companies, as we talked about earlier. The, um, on an earlier episode, the WWF and AAA are working together in promotion with the Royal Rumble. And here is uh, the the vanilla Shane Douglas with the, the, the bowling championship belt and the cocktail waitress Francine on the left-hand <laughs> side. Um, it's all at the same establishment. Yep, they're all, yeah, they're all working. They're all wrestling at Bolarama right now. Um, trying to see what else. Um uh, Miss Texas, later to be known as Jacqueline, quit the USWA and debuted on Nitro this week, getting involved in the Chris Benoit, Nancy Sullivan, and Kevin Sullivan storyline. Ooh, 
Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. That's breaking the fourth wall too. Uh, Speaking of breaking the fourth wall, Tito Santana and his wife Leah have opened up a beauty salon in New Jersey. Oh Santana is also working on becoming a full time teacher and currently works as a substitute physical education teacher. <laughs> Uh, that's the where are they now of 1997 for, te- yes. for for the flying jalapeno. <laughs> Good thing they didn't open up a taco stand. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, pretty much Shane Douglas talking. The flying burrito boutique. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Shane Douglas talking his same boring shit here. Um, oh. Macho Man, didn't he? Re- he resigned with WCW. Yes. A million dollars. WCW contract for $1 million per year. They justified the huge deal because without Savage, they would have lost the Sim- Slim Jim sponsorship, which brings in $500,000 a year to WCW. Kevin Nash and Scott Hall both have clauses in their contract that no one can be paid more than them. So when Savage signed his new deal, both Hall and Nash were given raises to $1 million a year. Both men started out at 780 a year, less than a year prior. And there you go. That's that 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 famous stipulation that they have uh, in their contract. Uh, favored nations, I believe it's called. Yes, it is. Yep. Uh, and here you go. Here's the favor I was going to ask you. Can you call this as Jim Ross as your boy, Steve Williams? My boy Doc. That's right. We got Doctor Death here from Oklahoma, former UWF world heavyweight champion, uh, Oklahoma linebacker. He didn't study a whole lot in college, but he played a whole lot of ball, drank a lot of beer, and fucked a lot of bras as he's getting in the ring right now with some hot topic employee of the month over here, Axel Rotten. Looks like that t-shirt hadn't been washed since quarter to never. And then he's got some flannel underwears on right now. I don't know what the hell that piece of business is, but my boy Doc, He's going to be laying them in pretty stiff, pretty hard, if you will. He's going to gut and quarter Axel Rotten every day of the week, twice on Sunday, in Scranton, Pennsylvania, if you will. Slobberknocker. <laughs> awesome. Thank you very much. I'll continue if you like. What are your thoughts on Steve Williams? A fan? Obviously. As JR or as myself? You could do, you could do yourself as JR if you'd like. Well, <laughs> I I liked, I mean, Doc, I didn't have an appreciation for him when I was younger, okay? <laughs> um, but as I've gotten older, appreciated his work more, the stuff he did with Terry Gordy, Miracle Violence Connection, was some pretty good stuff, very hard-hitting team. Their matches with the Steiners and WCW in the 90s, 92, with some really good physical wrestling. Um, I was really hoping that Doc was going to get a... a a um, a solid run in the WWF, and unfortunately, we didn't get to see that the, the following year. He was just kind of he get you know that 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 loss in the brawl thrall really uh, really hurt his stock. Uh, yeah, stock you know Doc's stock went down. But watching some of his older stuff, I mean, you know, physical, very physical in the ring. Uh, um, you know, legit, tough as nails. His, his matches were believable. Um, I feel like though he's one of those guys that probably could have used a manager. Oh. You know, um, you know he was in the varsity club in the in the, in the NWA in the the, the late eighties, and uh, with Kevin Sullivan and and Mike Rotundo, and that wasn't a bad little setup there. But um, I feel like Doc, if he was presented as this, like, you know, legitimate badass and someone, you know, was a mouthpiece for him, I think he could have done pretty well for himself. I'm not saying he'd have been the world champion, but um, I think he would, I I think he would have, I think he would have succeeded at least in the landscape of WCW, you know? If, like, let's say he had, like, a Harley Race as his manager, you know? Or even even a Kevin Sullivan managing him, you know? Those guys. Paulie Dangerously. Mm -hmm. Another, you know? Things yeah. like that. I could have definitely seen him like in the in the Dangerous Alliance um, at yeah. the time in 1992 if they would have went that route. Uh, but yeah, big 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 tag team guy like got a lot of exposure with the Miracle Violence Connection, and then in All Japan, I was a, I'm able to see a lot of those All Japan matches. I watched a lot going back, um, and man, he he's a hoss there. He's he's great, and uh, he was a mainstay for a long time um, in 
in all Japan where he becomes this, this huge star over there. Um, and then makes this brief appearance here in ECW before uh, ultimately going to WWF. That's interesting here. It looks like, uh, he's, uh, He's, he's, he's going to have words with Raven, maybe a future showdown between the two? Oh, possibly. You're in oh, my squared circle. You want to take my belt, you take it. Oh, shit. Interesting. We're, we're going to get a match here. Maybe we are. Oh. Double leg takedown. Doc, house of fire. Fist and piston rock right hands. Raven, house of fire. Oh, my God. Doc's putting it on Raven. He's hitting them hard. Them hard shots right there. Another right hand. And another. And another. And another. And a fifth one. And he's going to Irish whip them into the corner. Good God. Oh, my God. Doc took eating a, a, a turnbuckle to the jaw area. Courtesy of Raven Duckett. And what the hell's that little jewelry salesman doing with a microphone on the floor over there? Todd Gordon, son of a bitch. Oh, my God. He's busted open. I think so. I don't know. Maybe. He's going to have to be. Raven's got the chair. He's going to. Jesus, God almighty. He just nailed him. Son of a bitch. The referee has made this official. Uh, so, I mean, it's much like. Somebody ring the goddamn bell. Do you have no heart? Do you have no soul? You son of a bitch! What are you doing to my doc? I don't know if Doc bladed himself. He didn't blade himself there. Oh, Jesus. The human anatomy is Ooh. not made to take that kind of punishment. There we go. There's another Whip blade like job. a government mule. There's another Take him to the woodshed. He's running like a scalded dog. Raven, uh, Raven's a strong champion Butter, at the time. And Raven uh, is classically one of those anti-hero like champions. He's not really a face. He's not really a heel. You know. He's in between. Yeah. Uh, which which yeah, is good. Which is good for him to have a lot of challengers. Which I'm surprised I've never seen this match or heard of this. Yeah. Same here. This is the beauty of watching this for the first time. Absolutely. It really is. Oh man, and these are one of those stiff tables. I think they still get nope, him. Not but... so stiff anymore. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff there. I guess he can blade too if he'd like. <laughs> yeah, this is uh this is how essentially So yeah, you on his couch spilling the beer says, Well, they know how to fall. <laughs> Tell me, how do you learn that? How do you learn how to fall? Yeah. It's like payday in Muskogee on a Saturday night. Uh, GCW is essentially just ECW uh, rebirth uh, with more extreme stuff, more stupid stunts. Uh, there was a ladder match that I was able to watch from the event, and some guys took some really bad bumps off there. Like, you can't jump off of the top of the ladder like you know like you can't fit your both your feet unless it's one of those wwe ladders and they're using these like cheap home depot ladders and it, it was awful uh yeah i saw some of the yeah they, they used the, the the real flimsy ladders they didn't really gimmick them um i heard that ladder match was a shit show it like, was completely it was yep a lot of a lot of people falling uh, not nailing moves, and it just like nobody knew what to do. Uh, yeah, a lot of lot of miscommunication, fun stuff. But luckily, that was the first match. I guess uh, I was I was about to get on to the Matt Cardona match because I was interested in seeing it, um, but I didn't have time. So interesting. Yeah, yeah, I, I caught bits and pieces of, of you know, I, I think the Cardona match had a run-in from Virgil, X-Pac, uh, Brian Myers, oh, uh, wow. Hornswoggle. So there was like, a you know, a, a groups of guys that got involved in the match. Um, a litany of characters from the WWE. Yes. Wow. <clears throat> oh, my God. He's a crimson mask. It's a bloodbath between these two. Raven and Doc, they're just giving it their all. Bleed like a stuck pig right here. 
close line by Doc. He's going to go for another one. That's two right there. Oh, he's got one more in him, does he? He ducks. Raven going for the German. Oh, Doc reversed with an elbow. Another German. Jeez almighty on his head. Doc just plant Raven in the canvas. These guys are giving you a hell of a match. Yeah, absolutely they are. Uh, I'm pretty impressed with this. Uh, I wonder if there's going to be a schmoz, though. Like normal ECW. Get a couple. Yeah, maybe. There. Yeah, maybe we'll see like BWO or or Sandman come in. Honestly, I really don't know because I've never seen this match before. Didn't read the reviews like some people I know, but um, yeah. Um, John Finnegan here. That totally went over your head. That's okay. Hey, I wasn't reading the reviews. <laughs> I'm looking at the. Re- I know. I'm just messing with you. Uh-huh. Damn. These jokes just don't translate real well, you know, folks, between technology. It's got to be an in-person thing, I guess. You know? Absolutely. Yeah, we're going to have to one of these days do a live one together. I don't know when that's going to be. We're trying to make it happen in we 2022. Should. We should. But, you know, we, we, we should. You know, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll see if we can come up with something. The pandemic has hindered for us. All, for all 57 of you that listen, we appreciate it. So Thank you all so much. <laughs> Doc climbing to the top, but Raven catches him off at the pass. Right hand, staggering Doc, another right. Jesus, he's out on he's out on Queer Street. I'll tell Oh, Doc fighting back. Raven up the top. Jesus, it's a dog fight, I tell you. God damn it. Headbutts. Oh my god, the physicality. You don't see this anywhere else but on ECW. Superplex off the second rope by Raven. Good God Almighty, the hat guy's clapping, so he must approve of this match here tonight. Jesus! <laughs> he should. And there we go, the famous Raven pose. Uh-oh. Somebody's coming out. There's music. Oh, oh I told course, you, it's a BWO invasion. And a kid. Who the yep, hell? they brought Sam, they brought Lori Follington oh. and, and her son. Oh, boy. Here we go. The continued story between Sandman and Raven. Yep, now the BWO is taking over. The, the, the Lori Follington and the kid. So now Big Stevie Cool's got uh, some of Sandman's wife. Oh, that was an ugly clothesline by Doc. Ooh. Good God almighty, that's the only ugly thing he's done this whole match. Everything else has been great because he's from Oklahoma, goddammit. Power press slam Raven over the top. Jesus! Onto the BWO, the Blue Meanie, and Nova taking the hit. Now we got Big Stevie Cool waiting in the ring. Is he going to kick Doc? He better not with his short shorts. That looked rough, by the way. Yes. Rough landing. Is he going to give him the shirt? Is he going to give him the shirt off his back? <laughs> is he gonna, does anything even fit, Doc? Good Lord. Please, Doc, don't do it. God damn it, don't do it. You're going to ruin your career. You put that shirt... Oh my God, thank the Lord. Doc's not PWO for life, but he just had a super kick by Big Stevie Cool. The humanity. Oh, wait, he got back up. He's no selling that son of a bitch. Good go. You just angered the monster there, Stevie. Go for it again. See what happens. Go for it. Tune up the band. You ain't going to hit it. Oh, he got him again. Is it done? Is he finished? No. He is not finished. Doc is not finished. Nowhere near done. Good God almighty. Tongue out. Ready to go. Big Stevie with another kick. Is he going to go for it? You better pull up your britches, son, if you're going to get him. You better make it count because the first two didn't. Sweet chin music, right? Oh, he stopped him. Block. Close on the duck. Another kick by Big Stevie. Cool. Raven coming in for the cover. Where's the referee? Nope. He's not going to cover. He's going to even slow DDT. And now we got the cover. One, two, three. And God damn it, Raven and the BWO just screwed the dock. Wow. Yeah. BWO coming to the aid of Raven. Uh, I don't know, intentionally or unintentionally. Uh, both times in the last two weeks that we've seen Raven still the champion there. Oh, wow. Some, some impressive stuff, though, by Doc. Honestly, Steve Williams, uh, impressive at the time. Not a bad match between those two. No, this is, this is a pleasant surprise. This was a pleasant surprise. I'll be honest with you. Now we're going to get an extreme replay here. A highlight, if you will. 
you would think you're watching Monday Night Raw for three hours right now, <laughs> watching this replay. Because like, all they do is re- they replay everything. Yeah, I liked how Stevie, when he was hitting the super kicks, he was like charging his foot up, and he did it like even faster and faster, like a jackrabbit. That was pretty good. Adding the comedy in there. Yeah, I had to. I just had to. Yeah. My throat hurts now, but I, I, I managed to, you know. Oh, Devon Dudley in the house. Big Devon with the tie dye and the overalls. What are we expecting here? Not sure. He's waiting for someone. Is it Bubba? Is it Sandman? Is it Balls Mahoney? Is it New Jack? Is it an Eliminator? Is it Spike Dudley? Would you show someone on the fucking screen, goddammit, other than Devon? <laughs> Christ sakes. This we're is trying good. to do a watch-along podcast here. You would think that the fucking Peacock knew what we were doing. This has uh, been a match-heavy episode, though. Not too many promos yes, backstage, uh, besides the little the primer at the beginning for the pay-per-view upcoming. Oh, it's Sandman. Okay. Good shit. Speaking of him earlier, he's he's back with that iconic music. And GCW has a GCFNW shirt, just like that guy in the background, which was a very popular shirt at the time. Did you have any ECW merch at all as a kid? No, I did not. I, I was not I, I did not have any ECW merchandise. Um Little known fact, the one ECW show I went to in Hartford, Connecticut in June of 99, um, there wasn't much of a merchandise stand to begin with, not because they didn't have the available merchandise there for you, but Taz and Tajiri pretty much destroyed the merchandise table area uh, during their Falls Count Anywhere match. (laughs) So if I wanted a t-shirt, I probably would have had to have picked one up off the floor because... They, they absolutely massacred the merchandise area. Wow. How was that experience with, with uh, being live at ECW? It was fun. It was a lot of fun. I'd never experienced it live. I saw some stuff in the magazines, caught a little bit of it on TV when I could, but it wasn't anything that um, – I. it was everything – I didn't expect what I got. Like – I, I might have told this story on the prior podcast before, but I got to witness the Dud- I became a the fan of the Dudley Boys after that night. Okay. Because of their <clears throat> their hardcore, raunchy promos they'd cut for the audience. I mean, I saw a guy that practically wanted to jump over the guardrail and kill Bubba Bubba Ray Dudley because he called his girlfriend fat. <laughs> and it was it was awful. I mean, to the point where we left that show that night and the wrestlers were parked in the same parking lot. It was at like an old armory building. And they were parked in the same parking lot as the rest of the fans. And there were people waiting outside, like, surrounding the car. Like, we watched Bubba and Devon get in the car with, like, Joel Gertner. And they had to, like, you know, they didn't get physical, but it was pretty tense. I'll just say that. Wow. So yeah. absolutely different from going. The heat was real. Absolutely different from going to a WWF or a WCW, the type of environment, right? Correct. Oh, very different. Very different. Um, Especially just a lot even of being was, in Philly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was, the, this, this was the first time I think they ever ran Connecticut at that time. So I remember, I remember knowing that they were in town when I went to a Monday Night Raw in Hartford uh, a few months prior. And someone was passing out flyers in the lobby of the arena that had ECW on it. And a buddy of mine from high school, uh, at last minute, was like, want to go see that ECW show? I'm going to go get tickets. And he bought tickets, and we we had the time of our life. It was a lot of fun. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, speaking of the Dudley boys, Devon here hammering away on the Sandman, what were your thoughts, or how do you, how do you hold the the Dudley boys as considered like in greatest of tag teams. Like what do you, what do you consider them in the ranking? Where would you hold them? Um, you know, there's, when I think of the Dudley boys, there's two things that I, that I take away from, from them. Number one, 
in ECW as a tag team in the late 90s, they were a main event act, yep. which was very rare during that time period. They, they they were a tag team. Now, there wasn't that many tag teams in ECW. You know, you had a few. You had a lot of hodgepodge teams that were thrown together, you know, but the Dudley boys were the true t- glue to the tag team division in ECW, and they still managed to be a main event act. You know, feuding with the likes of Tommy Dreamer, Sandman, they main evented a few pay-per-views. Bubba main evented a pay-per-view with Taz once in a singles match. So you have that, and then, of course, you have the stuff they did with Edge and Christian and the Hardys in the TLC matches oh, that, yeah. that really solidifies their legacy as a tag team. What I In years to follow, people have claimed that because they've won so many titles that they're better than the Road Warriors. And I still think the Road Warriors are the greatest tag team of all time. I would put the Dudleys in like a top 10, maybe even a top 15 of tag teams in in what they've accomplished. Um, But they don't go anywhere near the top five. I'll say that. They certainly don't go anywhere near the top five. Of, of, of the impact the tag teams had. The Road Warriors are number one, and everybody else is fighting for fucking second place and, and, and on down the line. Oh, yeah. That's just that's just how I feel. Um, they're good. I mean, they, they, they brought... They brought a lot to their presentation. They evolved, but... I don't consider them to be. So what? They won the TNA tag titles. So what? They won titles in Japan. They won the WCW tag team titles under the WWF banner. Big right. fucking deal. You yeah. know, I look at their work, their body of work is what they did in ECW and the TLC stuff with Edge and Christian and the Hardys. I really yeah. do. I think they had some, they had some moments in, in impact wrestling in TNA. Um, they, they had some moments. But uh, nothing like we would see at this point or it furthering on in ECW and uh, going forward in WWF into WWE. Um, especially those innovative matches, the table ladders and chairs matches, which, you know, for WWF was was the first. And for for them, they had been through so many battles at that time. Would you have liked to have seen them go against Road Warriors in 1997? That would have been cool. Yeah, I would have been for that. I would have definitely been for that. I think, honestly, maybe maybe it would have been beneath the Road Warriors at that time. That but was my thought. It would have been kind of cool to see the Road Warriors come into ECW when they were doing that, you know, working when they were working together, that working relationship. Yep. Road Warriors and the Dudleys in like some kind of like, you know, Philadelphia street fight of some kind, you know what I mean? Yep. I, I would have gotten behind that. Yeah, I mean, we we get to see the Road Warriors in a Chicago street fight, uh, you know, coming up in WrestleMania. So, like, I would have liked to have seen the Dudleys and the Road Warriors at this time, Legion of Doom, rather. Yeah. Yeah. Now it, you're talking, you would like to have seen them at WrestleMania or uh, just... No, in like a match, like you say, like showing up in ECW. I'm just saying that Road Warriors were getting physical in in like a in a no DQ type match, like a street fight in this timeline. You know? Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. Because at WrestleMania 13, they have the Chicago street fight, correct? Yes, they did. Yeah. With, uh, they teamed with Ahmed Johnson against the Nation, which was people say oh, it was a garbage match, but it was it, it was a fun little you know. 15 minute whatever you know I mean it wasn't anything special but it was still fun yeah and don't get me wrong like sometimes I criticize hardcore wrestling because I like technical wrestling more but uh, you know hardcore wrestling can be fun yeah yeah depending on the story depending on who's involved I mean you know yeah it could definitely there's definitely has its moments where it's fun absolutely as we see Sandman beating the piss out of Devon right now. Uh, we spoke about Bubba Ray last time where he made his comments against John Moxley. Um, what are your thoughts on Bubba Ray as a singles competitor? Um, Were you ever able to witness that in Impact Wrestling? Yeah, I, I like the Bully Ray character. I, you know, I'm one of the very few people that actually enjoyed the Aces and Eight storyline, where he eventually became the leader. 
Um, I, I, I thought it was a role that suited him very well. And I mean, I thought, and, you know, I heard a rumor that when the Dudleys had returned to the WWE, um, that they eventually wanted to do something similar with, with Bubba in a singles, in a bully Ray type, um, character, but it obviously wasn't going to be bully Ray. And unfortunately it didn't work out and they decided to go against it and not, and, and not, you know, do the angle. But, um, I really enjoyed his singles run in, in TNA and in impact wrestling. I think it was, I, I think we really got to see his range. Yeah. As, as a as a as a performer, I really would have liked. Role. I really would have liked to have seen him in WWE as the, as that singles run. Um, he yeah. he did it again in ROH, and it wasn't bad either. Um, uh, where he had a feud with Flip Gordon, um, and put Flip over a couple times in some hardcore matches, and then some just straight up matches. Um, and he always plays a good heel, you know can definitely get under people's skin and he's got some good acting skills. Um, he, he showed that with the aces and eight storyline, like you say, and, and like he can hold some main events, the match that he had with sting, um, in, in impact wrestling or TNA, that that's a great match. Do you talk about the title match at slam anniversary where they like remove the mat? And yep. he, like piled. Your, yeah. I just watched that a couple months ago, actually really? on the impact app. Yeah. Nice. I, I enjoyed it too. Yeah. It's a great match. Uh, even the match that he has with AJ Styles. That's not Oh, bad. wait a minute. I think this is where we... I talked about this last week. I think this is where Bubba turns and him and Devon become a team. Oh, shit. Yep. We're about to witness it. This is it. Wow. So Bubba and Spike, I guess, were, you know, allies. And then Bubba and Devon eventually became... A team. This is how they. This is how they formed their team, right here. This is the beginning of the Dudley Boys tag team, right here. Or I, you know, I didn't even realize this was it. This is. This is pretty cool. That's very cool. We're witnessing a lot of firsts on this episode. Oh, yeah. Wow, Spike, not taking a liking to it, so they're gonna um, treat him like the redheaded stepchild, even though he's blonde. <laughs> he, even though he's the Kurt Cobain of the group. Oh. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does look like you know, Man, Kurt he, Cobain. He, at Kurt Cobain at wrestling tryouts. He um, was a guy that took a hell of a lot of bumps, man. Yeah, he's another one. I wouldn't be surprised if you hear of if he's got like CTE issues. Oh my god! Oh my god! That was Ugh. that three. That three D was uncomfortable. Jesus Christ! I always liked wow. the three D. I always thought that that was an uh, an amazing move. I guess was that the the first iteration that we see of the 3D. It's maybe yeah, it's that that must be. Oh, they did say on commentary it said uh the it was the Bubba Cutter uh, uh a variation of the Bubba Cutter. So I guess Oh, okay, bu- but then it became the 3D. And now we see the the gangsters. Oh shit. Jack and Mustafa. It's on. Not Ali. <laughs> no, no. In the ring. Not Mustafa Ali at all. They brought no, everything, including the kitchen sink. Including the kitchen sink. That's right. Wow. So I guess they could they could start a little uh, pop up shop here, if they wanted to. Hardcore, uh, hardcore hot dogs. They oh boy, boof. That sounds like the name of a porn. Hardcore <laughs> hot dogs. Ah. <laughs> uh. Starring Francine. <laughs> right. Francine, Mustafa Ali, New Jack Off. Uh, <laughs> Big Dick Dudley. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man. Wow. Huge, huge rivalry already starting off. I mean, the creation of this tag team and then another tag team just comes out. ECW making it, it exciting, as always, for the fans. Yeah. As we're getting, we're, we're near the, the closing moments of this episode. Uh, looks like we're going to be ending with some, you know, with this this brawl here and the the creation of the Dudleys. This is this has actually been my so far. This has been my favorite episode we've done Absolutely. because we got to see some first. We got to see my boy Doc and Raven uh, in a in a pretty good match, and then we got to see um, the, the the formation of Bubba and Devon as the Dudley Boys. Yeah. Which, by the way, for our listeners. We didn't re- recap the show before we watched it. We're watching this, you know, cold turkey 
first time with all of you that are listening. Hopefully you're all watching with us. If you're not, you should be. Um, but yeah, we didn't know that this was going to be happening either. But Bubba and Devon right there, the formation of the Dudley Boys as we close out this episode of ECW Hardcore TV from February the 4th, 1997. Thank you all so very much for tuning in, being a part of it with us. And uh, yeah, this has been a lot of fun. Check back each and every week. We'll have another episode next week as we cover February the 11th, 1997, ECW Hardcore TV. You can find all the links in the archives at the Retro Mania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network on Podbean. That's Retro RetroMania with a W. You can find all the great shows there, like Season 1 of Mark Out the Days. We cover WCW Saturday Night versus WWF Superstars from 1992. My show kicking out of 2, which will eventually be back on the airways at some point. Mark, uh, what else we got? Gaijin Wrestling Radio, Hulkamania is Dead, Cool Truth with AC, Origins of Attitude, other great bonus content, and so much more, all over at the Retromania Pro Wrestling Podcast Network. Thank you, everybody. Goodbye.